Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Richard Harris. Hello, everybody. This is Richard Harris, and I want to welcome you to the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris. As I said, I'm the executive director of Truth and Liberty, if you didn't know that. And it's such an honor and a blessing for me to be able to uh, come into your living rooms or office or wherever you watch the show and just share with you. And today is going to be, um, I think, a really special show, special uh, call-in show today, because uh, we've got a a guest with us today that I know you're going to love. And uh, you, if you've watched Truth and Liberty for long, then you've probably heard his name or seen him before because he's been a guest a couple times before. But I'm really excited to have Lance Williams joining us today on the set. Lance, thanks for being here. Yes, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Now, Lance, you are the regional representative for TPUSA Faith. Is that right? The regional manager for the Rockies area, which is Colorado and Utah. Colorado and Utah. Mm -hmm. So tell everybody, if you would, for a minute, what is TPUSA Faith. Sure. So Turning Point USA Faith is a branch off of Turning Point USA. And Turning Point USA works with colleges and high schools mainly. Turning Point USA Faith, we specifically work with churches and we help to empower, equip, and engage churches on culture issues. We provide free resources to them. And we got a lot going for that we offer for pastors and churches uh, to help be a blessing for pastors and also to help the church get engaged in culture. Yeah. Well, Truth and Liberty does the, a lot of the same stuff, but one of our core missions is to be a clearinghouse and a hub. And, and that's why we always like to put other organizations forward like TPUSA Faith that are doing such a good work. But Lance, there's something else about you that people ought to know. And I think it's that you're a graduate of Karis Bible College and the Practical Government School. So I was, uh, I'm was i as proud as I can be of you and, of course, so many graduates. But, you know, that third-year program at Karis, we sometimes call it PGS, <laughs> but it's a real, it's quite a program in it. It sure is. It is a phenomenal school. Would highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, it's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was, uh, the Lord blessed me to be part of the putting of that program together. And, um, I tried to not make it sure it wasn't too much of a legal education, but you know, uh, you got to know something about the law if you're going to be involved in government. Well, your course um, was it courts and uh, judiciary, judiciary courts, yeah, yeah, and the Bible, yeah, that was a that was a great course. Oh, well, thank yeah, you. yeah, and there's so many courses like that yeah. that help prepare me for what I'm doing now. Yeah, well, let's talk about your journey a little bit. Okay. Um, you, I know you as a as a teenager and a young man, you had some pretty significant trouble in your life. I did, yeah, uh, to say the least. Uh, but the <laughs> Lord saved you and ultimately brought you to Karis. But tell us about your how you got born again. Just share your testimony with us, would you? Sure. So it's uh, it's lengthy, so I'll shorten it for time's sake. But I was I grew up a great kid, but I had I had an issue that society says is acceptable. And that issue was, is I had my sports and identity. I mean, my, sorry, I had my identity in sports. Mm. Yeah. And so when I, when I built my identity in sports, 
see my whole life revolved around sports. I was either thinking about it, talking about it, doing it. I mean, my whole life revolved around it. Had a lot of, lot of success uh, my freshman year of high school. With that came a lot of positive attention. But the the last two games, I played with a big knot on my side. I ended up coming down with Crohn's disease. Mm. And I want to say it now that after I came to Karis Bible College and gave my life to Jesus, then uh, I've been totally healed of Crohn's disease. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, which the doctors say is incurable. That's right. They do. Yeah. 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 So when when I came down with that sickness, I couldn't play sports for a while. Mm-hmm. So started fist fighting, drinking, smoking marijuana, eventually led to cocaine, mm. anabolic steroids. And then when I finally got introduced to methamphetamine, then um, I, it really took me down. Had a lot of hardship come through that, that I brought up on myself. And so I started injecting and putting a needle in my arm and started shooting up meth in and out of prison. Uh, ended up getting in a relationship with a woman who was uh, a literal witch. She mm. practiced witchcraft. I didn't even know that existed in my hometown, but mm. come to find out it did. And I was surrounded by it. Mm. And long story short, had an encounter with Jesus. And it was so powerful that I honestly thought I had died and drifted out of my body. <laughs> and I drifted out of my body toward the top of this building and was in the presence of God for nearly four hours. Mm. And when I come back into my body, I'm stretched out like I'm hanging on the cross. And I, I look at my hands and it physically looked like something had been driven through my hands. Mm. And what it was, was it was a deliverance. Mm. And I know, you know, some may not believe in this, but I, I literally got delivered from literal demons. Mm-hmm. And after that, I, I knew I couldn't stay the same. Yeah. And, but I did. I kept doing what I was doing, but something had changed in here. And I would literally get high on meth chain smoke my cigarettes and just talk with God. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I tweaked out on prayer, if that makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah, I would just pray all day long. And I was doing, I was, I was getting high and praying for a period of two weeks after that encounter. Mm. And for a period of three days within those two weeks, I literally prayed all day long. Now, not, not 24 hours, but I'm just talking about all throughout the day. I was just, I was just sitting, smoking my cigarettes, talking with God and on that third day, something interesting happened. You know anything else that happened on the third day? I mean, any major <laughs> events? Yes, <laughs> the one that changed the world. Yes, amen. Well, on the third day, it's just like God resurrected my heart. Mm-hmm. And he touched my heart, called my heart out of the grave that day, just amen. like he called Lazarus out. He called me out that day. Mm-hmm. And I was praying for a way out. Mm-hmm. And God speaks to me. And he said, Lance, I already provided your way out a year ago. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of my grandmother, who was 70 years old, retired from school counseling. Mm-hmm. And she she retired from school counseling, saw this guy named Andrew Womack on TV, mm-hmm. and packed up and, and went to Karis Bible College. Wow. A lot of the family thought she was crazy. Like, why do you want to retire at that age and go back to school? And she just said, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. Well, she kept inviting me. I rejected it. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, I'm not going to Bible college. But a year later, I have that encounter that I just described. Mm. And I'm praying for a way out. And God says, I already provided your way out a year ago. Reminded me of that opportunity to go to Bible college. And I knew that was my way out. And if I didn't take it, I was going to die. Mm. So I called her up right then. And long story short, just to condense it, uh, November 27, 2015, I stuck a needle in my arm. I got on the plane and I came to Karis Bible College high on meth. And uh, left meth, left that uh, woman that was a witch and 
all kinds of just perversion yeah and came to Karis bible college and uh trans got transformed through the renewing of my mind and uh man i tell you what i came i I received the second experience that i was not familiar with called the baptism of the holy spirit and i tell you what after that i've just i've been right ever since so (laughs) i I remember lance when you were uh at when you were a student at Karis and um I don't want to embarrass you. No, it's nothing fine. to be embarrassed about. This no, you're is actually fine. wonderful. Is we would all be in the, the barn in praise and worship. That's where it was back then. Mm-hmm. And I remember you would just you would just be so full of the love of God, you would just go around the room and you're talking, you know, uh six, seven hundred people in there, and you'd be going around the room high-fiving and hugging necks and yeah. and loving on people uh the whole time. And it was like, I just remember watching you and laughing. Not <laughs> not not at you. But laughing for joy yeah. at how beautiful that was. So um, you're the real deal, and God Thank has you. done an amazing work in your life. So I want to uh, I want to remind our viewers here um, that uh, this is a live call-in show, and so if you have questions today for Lance, and I believe you're going to have some before we're done, uh, call in to our number seven one nine six one nine two three four one. And also, I just want to take a minute here uh, after Lance shares his testimony, and I just want to say uh, Andrew has a a phone center that is 24-7-365, staffed with Word of God trained, spirit-filled prayer ministers who are standing by ready to take your call. If you're hurting, if you're in need, maybe you have a loved one, whatever it might be, maybe you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Maybe you want to know more about Karis Bible College. Whatever your question is, feel free to call that number, the prayer line, which is 719-635-1111. But don't forget us here on our call-in show, 619-2341, with your questions for Lance. So, Lance, let's pick up where you left off and talk about your... you, you come to Karis, you go through first year, you go through second year, you get the word of God in you. And I, I know your journey from that point is you, uh, did you do ministry school? I did. You did ministry school. Yeah. So you did a third year. And mm-hmm. then after that, where'd you go? Well, as you mentioned, I, I came in a little bit of a wild man, especially after I got filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, I mean, and I was so I was so set free. I didn't know how to handle it. It's okay. <laughs> that makes sense. No, you did good. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's like I started maturing in the Lord, and people were like, "Oh, Lance, where's your fire?" And I'm like, "It's just maturity, you know." <laughs> I mean, just because I don't, you know, go around chest bumping everybody now, I don't mean I'm I'm not fired up. But yeah, I, did, I graduated from ministry school. Thought my high calling was in the fivefold ministry, mm-hmm. and I uh, went after that to serve in Victory Life Church down in Durant, Oklahoma, with Dwayne Sheriff, and you know, got down there. Thought eventually that God would uh, promote me within the church and it didn't happen and but just you know stayed faithful and then i ended up getting married to my wife emily who was actually i had a secret crush on in 8th grade oh yeah wow. yeah we both grew up in the same hometown i moved to this new school and saw this uh, woman at school and i was like wow who is that hmm. i mean she was by far the most beautiful girl in the school and i'm not just saying that cuz she's my wife she really was and uh and I uh, had this secret crush, but I was so shy. See, this was before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I was so shy that I couldn't I couldn't talk to her. Uh-huh. Never told her I liked her. Mm. And that was when we were 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And when we were 27, God reconnected us and we got married. How about that? Yeah. He kept her for you, didn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good. And that's that's quite a story in itself. 
but anyway, she, we got married. She, um, I, real quick, I just want to say that how we got reconnected, she was waving at somebody in Walmart and I thought she was waving at me, but she was actually waving at somebody behind me. So <laughs> kind of an interesting story, but yeah, it was good enough for you though. Yeah, it was six months later, we were married and she moved to Oklahoma with me. And then God spoke to us about coming back up here for her to go to school and then for me to do the government school. Mm -hmm. Well, didn't Chris. you spend a little time in France too? I did. Yeah, yeah I've been to France exploring, twice. Exploring possibly the mission field and that sort of thing, right? Yes. And one of my best friends, uh, he he lives over there and just opened the Caris France over there. Yeah. And went over there to spend time with him and his family and, and also to start learning the language. Well, the reason I'm bringing all that, all of that up is I want people to kind of understand your journey mm -hmm. into where you are now. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, you ended up going to the practical government school. And I understand that that came as a result of a word that you'd received, but, but God had been preparing you for that in yes. a way. So tell us more about that. Well, I wasn't political at all until 2016. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's when I voted for the first time, and I didn't even know what party I was with. I walked in, and and they said, "Well, what you know, what party are you?" And I said, "I don't know." I said, "Whatever one Donald Trump's on," <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was just so ignorant to to politics, but I I kept resisting, and I kept finding myself wanting to listen to uh, political podcasts and things, but I I just kept talking myself out of it. I'm like, I just need the word. It's all I need. And it just kept growing in me. Mm -hmm. And finally, it was the Summer Family Bible Conference. I believe it was in um, 2021 at the Summer Family Bible Conference. Uh, we traveled up here and heard Bob McEwen speak. Mm -hmm. And he just explained some things. And after he explained some things, it just, it really hit me. I mean, it's just like something exploded on the inside of me. And I told my wife, I said, wow, I said, that really hit me. And right after that, Daniel Bennett got up, started going through all the different schools. And he's like, yeah, you just heard Bob McEwen. If, if uh, that really hits you, then government school's for you. Mm -hmm. And that was my exact words to my wife was that really hit me. And right at that moment, I knew I got to go to government school. Mm -hmm. And when I went to government school and took that step every single day, I'm telling you, the fire just got bigger and bigger on the mm -hmm. inside of me. And I knew I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and where before I thought God I thought my high calling was in the fivefold ministry. I believe God has been showing me since then that my high calling is actually to make a difference in the government mm -hmm. arena. Now he's still using us in the fivefold ministry. We still travel and speak. Right, right. But but he's I believe he's he's molding us to make a difference in the United States government. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I believe that. I um you know a lot of Christians say that, or, or you hear this said in some circles, is that Christians have no business in politics. The church doesn't have any role in politics. We need to stay out of these things. Mm -hmm. I take it you don't agree with that. That's right. Yeah, that's. And tell me why. Right. Tell me what you think about that. Well, how, we, how do you respond to those folks? Well, we are to share truth, mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, Jesus is Lord. He is Master. Mm. And he's when when we refer to him as the Lord, we are referring to him as the master and a master. He's master over everything, not right. everything except for politics. That's right. He even told us how to pray. He said, pray that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. 
And so we are to pray and to act and help push his agenda in every sphere of influence. Mm. And so we are to speak the truth in love. And that means in every area. He didn't say speak the truth here in the church, but don't speak it in government, Mm -hmm. you know, or don't speak it in the media or or don't uh, speak it in the education system. We are to speak truth everywhere. Yeah. And again, he's Lord over all. Amen. Well, you know, um, I think I grew, I came up spiritually in a, in a full gospel church, Mm -hmm. old, a little bit old time, you know, and would hear things like you don't belong, you know, don't go to this, don't go to that, don't do this, don't do that. Um, and, and the attitude, it may not have ever been spoken outright, but the feeling was if you really want to serve God. And if you're really chosen, then you ought to be in the ministry, right? So that means like you're saying fivefold really usually means pastor or evangelist, but the, the, the thing is Romans 13 says that the King and those who uh, work under the King are God's ministers Mm -hmm. to thee for good. Mm -hmm. So it's just a different location for serving Jesus and uh, no less valid Mm -hmm. than the fivefold ministry. That's right. Well, and and so you you went through a year of practical government school, and then after that, um, you uh, ended up getting on with TP USA Faith as the regional rep for Colorado and Utah. So, um, what, tell us um, about what programs TP USA has. What is this organization? I know I know a little bit about it. I know it was founded by Charlie Kirk mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But um, before you answer that, let me just remind everybody. If you got questions for Lance, uh, please feel free to call in. This is a live call-in show. It's 719-619-2341. We would love to hear from you today. So uh, why don't you call now? Phone lines are open and get, get yourself in line there. And we'll be sure to take your calls. Start t- taking calls after the first break, which is coming up here in just a little bit. So tell us more about TPUSA Faith. What what do you guys do? Sure. So we so Turning Point USA, they, they work with colleges and high schools. And then there's TPUSA Faith, where mm-hmm. we work with churches. Okay. And we are a resource to the church. So we do things on a local and national level. And on the local level, we offer several courses. We partner with Patriot Academy on their biblical citizenship course. But then we have a lot of our own courses that we offer. Uh, we have courses dealing with uh, pornography. We have uh, courses, even one by Bob McEwen, that mm-hmm. is Politics Easy as Pie. We yes. offer that course. Yes. We offer one by Rob McCoy that talks about all the what the Bible says over all these different culture issues, such mm-hmm. as transgenderism, homosexuality, even borders and mm-hmm. and uh, other other issues. And we have we have a lot of other. We just had one come out by Frank Turek with the more apologetic style. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of these courses that we offer to churches to help educate them mm-hmm. because there's there's a lot of congregants that just aren't educated because pastors have not been speaking out yeah. on these issues. Uh, we also do uh, pastor roundtables where mm-hmm. we help bring together in a community pastors and allow them to network, and then we encourage them to to speak out. Um, because if we don't, we we have we have the I don't want to call it a privilege, but we have the opportunity to look back and see what happens when pastors don't speak out, and mm. we can look back to Nazi Germany for that. Pastors did not speak out, and you see what that led to. And I'm telling you, it's going to be it's going to be that or worse if pastors don't speak out here in the United States. So that's something that we offer on a local level. On a national level, we have some of the best events in the nation. 
Uh, we have our, on the faith side, we have our pastor summit. We do two of those a year. Just had 1,100 pastors in Nashville. Uh, we're going to have over 1,000 in San Diego. It's already booked out. And what we do is we we pay for pastors to stay at a really nice resort, mm -hmm. uh, buy a lot of their food or some of their meals while they're there. And it's just an opportunity on a large scale for pastors to come together, get encouraged, and go back and start uh, making an impact. Yeah. And so we we do an Israel trip, send pastors to Israel for very little cost. Uh, we have our Men's Summit, which is a hardcore three-day event. And through that, we teach biblical masculinity. Well, so where can where can people go to learn about all these things and sign up or connect with you? Yes, you can go to tpusafaith.com, tpusafaith.com. Well, so the, the the info we've got on the screen there says tpfaith.com. Will that get them there too? Yes, that'll redirect you to tpusafaith.com. All right, so tpfaith.com or tpusafaith.com. Yes. All right, and yep. they can learn more about your organization and, and uh, what you're doing. What if they want to contact you directly? Sure. Can they do that? Yes, certainly. They can contact me directly. And if it's outside of my region, I can connect them with, uh, connect you with whoever is the regional manager in your area. Or if you're within Colorado or Utah, I'm the regional manager over these two areas. So you can put up my information if you want. I don't know if, if you have it available, but my email is lance.williams at tpusa.com. And then my phone number is 719-985-0942. All right. Well, I hope that's not your uh, private home number. <laughs> well, it is, but I give it out to everybody. So It's okay. Emily's going to be a little concerned. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank you for sharing that information. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Lance, you mentioned something I think kind of profound a minute ago. Um, you said that the reason in Nazi Germany had the Holocaust is because pastors didn't speak up. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's what I thought I heard. And that we're facing a threat that's as grave as that, or maybe even worse, if we don't start standing up here in this country. Yes. Um, why do you feel like it's that severe, brother? Well, I never would have thought that the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the United Nations could shut down the whole world. Mm. But as we see during the pandemic, that's what happened. Yes, sir. And they, they took control uh -huh. and they have a plan. Now, this is this is not conspiracy. Now, 20 years ago, people were talking about this and, and people were saying it's conspiracy. But this is out of the words. This is the words from their own mouth. You can go look up the um, the World Economic Forum and, and Davos, Switzerland on YouTube. I mean, it's out there where they're talking about the plan for 2030 for everybody to own nothing and, quote, be happy. And they're talking about even 15-minute cities where everything you need is 15 minutes within walking and you are not to get outside your zone. Sounds like a prison to me. Mm. And so they got all this agenda that they're pushing. And they're trying to hit us in three different areas. And uh, Henry Kissinger uh, said a while back, he said, if, if he who controls food controls people, he mm -hmm. who controls uh Energy controls whole continents, and he who controls money controls the whole world. And that's the three major areas that they're trying to control right now. Mm. And so if pastors don't stand up, because if the only answer is the Lord Jesus Christ mm, amen. and having a biblical worldview and operating from that biblical worldview, mm -hmm. that's the only answer. Because these people I heard pushing this agenda, they don't believe in a God. Politics is their God. Control mm. is their God. Mm. And so pastors must start speaking up. If we're going to turn this thing around. Yeah. Amen. Well said. Um, you know, 
COVID is considered to be over, but the truth is that the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, and the vaccine companies have not stopped. Right. That they're they're actually uh, working to expand their system, expand their control. And, uh, um, you know, a good source for that, I don't know if you get his emails or not, though, is Matt Staver. Yeah. So Matt Staver at Liberty Council is tracking all this, and his his daily emails often are reporting on this. And so uh, we need to, we, you're exactly right, we need to wake up, we need to stand up, and we need to start talking about liberty. Mm-hmm. You know, freedom is God's idea. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, Galatians says it was for it was for freedom that Christ hath made us free. Yeah. And so um, this whole idea of putting people in boxes and controlling them is not from it's not from God or the Holy Spirit. It's from the other spirit. That's right. And uh, yeah. So if we want to be naive and keep our heads in the sand uh, here, then, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but we got to stand up. I believe people are standing up, though, and I believe there is. A lot of hope right now uh, for things getting turned around. How do you feel about that? Do you think there's hope? I do. I do. And two men that I really, really trust, Andrew Womack and Dwayne Sheriff, both both mentioned that God spoke to them about being in a third great awakening. And I I certainly uh, trust them and believe that. And also just looking at what's happening, though, people are waking up. Mm -hmm. And people are becoming aware of the evil agenda being pushed. And just like, just to give you a good example with the the moms and, and going to the school board, I mean, there's been a lot of school boards flip. We saw Virginia flip. I mean, there's a lot of good things happening, but the thing is, is the news media doesn't report that. Mm. And so real quick, I just want to say that some of these things is by no means um, Turning Point USA. Some of these are my own opinions. And so I just, I just want to be clear about that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so... Um, we've got about two and a half minutes before our first break. I just want to remind everybody, uh, if you've got questions for Lance, please feel free to call in 719-619-2341. We've got some callers on the line now. We're going to start taking those calls after the break. But Lance, with two minutes left, I just want to ask you, um, uh, you grew up, you're, you're, uh, you're a young man still, and, you know, I think you're probably considered to be part of the millennial generation. And, um, you know, the statistics are pretty bad for millennials when it comes to Christianity and it comes to traditional American values. You know, they believe in uh, socialism, a majority of them. They believe that censoring people that you don't agree with is a good thing, is okay. Um, and and lots of um, uh, worldly sexual morality or immorality and things like that is their, their worldview. Um, and my question for you, uh, being of that generation, is how did that get there? How did that get that way? And you got about a minute and a half. And we'll pick it up if you don't finish. Well, through the school systems mainly. I yeah. mean, and now it's even creeped in a lot of churches. But they're teaching, we, we're calling it today wokeism, but it's really Marxism. They're teaching race Marxism and these different forms of Marxism. Where it's, not, it's not the class anymore, but they've switched it to race and you know, tying in the homosexuality, transgender thing with it. Mm-hmm. But they're teaching these kids at a young age, and they're they're not only indoctrinating, they're programming them. So they're not only telling them what to te- what to think, but they're teaching them how to think. Mm-hmm. And so now they're teaching these kids to look in everything for racism, 
and to look in everything, to be critical of all these, uh, really of Western uh, society and, mm. and the Christian heritage that we even have, they're, they're twisting it and teaching them to think that racism is everywhere, that we're systemically racist, and that with the homosexuality and transgender, that that should be normalized, that people can love who they want to love, mm -hmm. but it's not really love at all. Yeah, love yeah. is love is what they say. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and, and so uh, we've got about 15 seconds left now, and I'm going to go ahead and, and we'll go ahead and take our break now. But let me just remind you guys to call in with your questions at 719-619-2341. This is the Truth and Liberty live call-in show, and I'm here with my uh, special guest, Lance Williams, and we'll be back uh, in about 90 seconds. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. All right. Well, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show, and I'm Richard Harris. I have my uh, good friend and special guest, Lance Williams, with us today. Lance, boy, we've been having a great conversation uh, here in the first part of the show, um, and uh, you, we just hit on so many different things. Um, I do believe that there's hope for America. I do think that there is a revival that is underway and is stirring. And, uh, you know, one thing I've noticed uh, among Christians in, in terms of getting involved in government, though, is um, Christians can get uh, worked up about an issue, right? And they may show up to the polls one time. They may go to a school board meeting once. But what, one of the problems I see on uh, amongst believers is that they don't recognize the need for consistent long-term involvement or mm -hmm. engagement. Do, are you seeing that, too? Absolutely. You know, a lot of politicians are just thinking about their self in the next election, but a true statesman, as we call them, thinks about the next generation. And mm -hmm. see, the left is playing the long game. And, you know, we as conservatives have uh, certainly just been trying to win elections, but at the same time, we're losing the country. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the average, uh, the average believer, you know, he's, he's working in a full-time job. And I'm talking about, you know, men and women raising kids, uh, trying to, you know, live a good life and, and do the best for his family. Um, and, the, and meanwhile, the left though, uh, you know, they're, they're going to all the government meetings, to the committee meetings, they're organized, they're donating money. They are highly motivated. So what's the message? What do we need to do to change this? Well, it's, 
it is challenging because politics is their God. Government is their God, mm -hmm. where we we have God, the true God, and then we have a family and all these other priorities. It, it does make it more challenging, but we got to we just got to get involved and we got to start putting pressure on them like they put pressure on us. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the problem. We want to we want to play the nice guy and all that. And, you know, it's time for that's over. Mm. You know, I'm not saying be ungodly, be mm. unethical. But at the same time, Jesus went in, turned over the tables and, and had a whip with them, driving mm -hmm. out the money changers. Mm -hmm. He also called the the political leaders of the day, you brood of vipers, you snakes. And so we got to start speaking up. And they're going to call you a racist. They're going to call you a bigot. They're going to call you a homophobe or a train or a, or what do they call it? Um, uh, Islamophobe or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. all these phobes. Yeah. And they're going to call you these things, but we just got to have some thick skin mm -hmm. and, and say, I don't care Yeah, because this is what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And if we don't speak up, then we're going to lose this nation. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we've got, uh, we've got a couple callers on the line here and I'd like to start taking those calls. So sure. why don't, why don't we go to Robert first, who's calling in from Arizona and Robert, you're a subscriber and my notes say Karis government, uh, school graduate. I think I know which Robert this is. It's got to be Finche. <laughs> Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Hey guys, a couple of my favorite guys. Yes. I graduated in 22 with Lance. And everything he's saying about the college is incredible. It was an incredible experience. So, um, okay, my question, Lance. I, I have been, since coming back, I have actually left the church from being censored to uh, talk. They, 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 they told me, you can have five minutes, but no politics and no vaccine talk. And I, I wasn't even going to speak on those subjects, but just the fact of them knowing who I am and where I'm coming from, for them to say that, long story short, I'm in the new church now. So, yes. How, yeah. So how, let me ask you, how are you going to these churches, talking to these woke pastors? How, how do you get through to them? Yeah, sure. Hey guys, will you turn me up just a little bit if you can? Uh, well, number one is I, I don't waste my time with them really. And I think it's awesome that you got out of that church because, you know, unfortunately, some of these pastors, they're just, they're, they're buying into this cultural and race Marxism and it's going to take an act of God to change them. So I would just certainly leave the church like you did. And then when I approach these pastors, I really got to watch myself because thanks to the Karis Practical Government School, and I'm, I'm you know, decently uh, versed on history now uh, because of that, sometimes I got to watch myself and not spend too much time because I kind of had fun in those situations. <laughs> uh, I had a couple of pastors that really refer to, to me and uh, Turning Point USA as, uh, you know, they compared us to Adolf Hitler. I mean, that's just how uh, Marxist and how some of these pastors just bought into this wickedness and this ungodly agenda. And so I don't need to waste my time with them. And what we're doing at TPUSA Faith is we're looking for the pastors and the churches who are willing to be engaged. And I certainly think that's what we need to do on an individual level as well, is look for these pastors who want to be engaged because they are out there. Now, sometimes you may have to do some seeking, but they are out there. And so I think you did the right thing. 
And again, I wouldn't waste my time with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Robert, thank you for your question. I, I want to um, add on to, to Lance's answer just a little bit and say, um, you know, sometimes pastors, uh, um, they just need a little bit, uh, a lot of pastors just need a little bit of understanding, a little bit of education. Um, and so, um, you know, if, you're, if your church has a track record uh, and an established, uh, you know, ethos of not allowing any political discussion and not allowing, uh, you know, any discussion about the issues of the day and that sort of thing, then, then it's probably going to be tough for you to change it. But a lot of pastors are just trying to, uh, you know, like if you come to the stage, that's one thing. But maybe they might be open to allowing you to, say, start a culture impact team or a uh, light, a salt and light council group or a biblical citizenship group, right? Um, and, and then you can start getting the people plugged into government that way. And it's just, uh, you know, so I want I, I do want to caution about just rejecting that uh, any, any church that doesn't allow you to talk about politics on an open mic Monday or open mic Sunday or something like that. But I'm sure, Robert, you didn't do that. It's probably a longer history involved than that. So um, we all need to be engaging and talking. And, you know, we, I don't think we ever want to, if you're going to a church and it's not, a, you know, if it's a mega church, it's one thing, but if it's a smaller church and you're concerned because your pastor is not speaking out about the issues, um, I would say you owe it to him to go and visit with him with the spirit of humility and the spirit of grace and let him know your thoughts and your concerns, you know, and have that dialogue with him before you before you leave. Uh, but uh, you know, you have to discern in the spirit whether, and and from your interaction with him, whether or not uh, he's open to change. But one thing we don't want to do is be sitting around in churches that are not engaged. Uh, it, that is a waste of of opportunity. I think um, they may be doing a lot of good, but there are other churches out there that are engaged and are also doing other types of good, more well-rounded and holistic churches. Yes. And I want to clarify what I was responding to was the woke pastor. And mm -hmm. uh, so I just want to say that for clarity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the, when I refer to a woke pastor, that is somebody who's bought into the, the Marxist agenda. And, and yeah, so I don't know if that was the same situation for your church or not, Robert. But, you know, uh, this yeah. is a big issue, I think, Lance. And yeah. I, um, I had, uh, I had Paul Blair on uh, the show last week, and Paul is a pastor, and he's the head of an organization called Liberty Pastors Network and Liberty Pastors Training Camps. And so, he's training pastors in biblical worldview and in biblical citizenship and that kind of thing. Works with Barton, works with Rick Green, works with Bob McEwen, and many of the people we know and love. And um, uh, you know, uh, I think one of the things that people need to remember about pastors is that pastors already have a full plate, right? Mm -hmm. They're doing everything they can to build God's kingdom as best they know to do it. And so when you go to them and you say, you need to talk about this, right? right. Their first reaction is going to be, they'll listen patiently and then, you know, uh, it goes in one ear and out the other. But if you go to a pastor and you say, pastor, um, I'm really concerned about what's going on in our culture. And I think our church can make a difference. I'd like to start a, one of those things I mentioned earlier. Now I know, I think TPUSA has some, uh, clubs like that or whatever you would call them yeah. uh, ways for people inside of the local church to become active. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So when we partner with churches, we understand that what you just mentioned that pastors are busy, so we tell the pastor, you can be either hands-on or hands-off that you want. But something we do is we ask the pastor to select two or three leaders from the church 
and to help facilitate the group. So the responsibility is not on one person and it's not on the pastor as well. And then, you know, in my area or whoever's area, the regional manager will be there for assistance. But yeah, we, we help um, initiate uh, and, and help with some things kind of like the culture impact team. Yep. Uh, but it's, a, we call them faith groups and faith hubs, faith groups being in churches, faith hubs being uh, just in a city or a town yep. somewhere, but we partner with them and, and help. We, we discover the, we find out the vision for the pastor for civic engagement. And then through those groups, we help bring that to pass. And so again, people can find out about those resources on your website, right? Yes. TPUSAFaith.com. TPUSAFaith.com. The, the link down there says TPFaith.com. That'll redirect you to there. All right. Well, thank you, Robert, for calling in, brother. We really appreciate it. Hey, next, I want to go to Frank uh, from the Show Me State of Missouri. Frank, you're on the air. Show me. I appreciate Richard Harris, the, the brilliance of, and the other brother that I don't know. I, I've watched you. I've seen you preach. Uh, and the brilliance that the and 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 the brother just said something. I just want to ask a real simple question: Is uh, do you think that the Democratic Party will? disintegrate or this is kind of a naive question or it'll fall apart because of the 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 evil or whatever and 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 i just i just coined a word i believe this is a word here uh, uh, a holy ghostophobe i'm a holy ghostophobe you know the way not to have fun with this thing is because it's so serious that we're we're fearing fearing and trembling. We're working our salvation out with fear and trembling. I'm sorry. Mm. You guys be blessed. Thank you, thank you, Frank. I appreciate your question. I hope you're not afraid of the Holy Ghost. I hope that's not what you meant there. But Lance, what do you think? Will the Democratic Party disappear someday? Well, my question would be: Is the devil going to disappear? Mm. Because, and I know that's that's a strong statement and it may be offensive to some, but here's the thing is the the enemy is truly working through the left right now. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. And so with with the enemy's agenda being pushed through the left, no, there's always going to be opposition until the Lord returns. Mm-hmm. And so my answer to that would be no. There's, there's going to be that opposition. Even if we overcome it and we win this victory, if you look back about every 80 or 100 years, we have some kind of crisis that we have to overcome. Yep. There's a great uh, book series by Bill Federer called The Miracles in American mm-hmm. History, and it talks about all these miracle, miracles that the United States, uh, we as a people, overcame uh, to exist to be a nation today. And so there's always going to be that opposition. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, parties... Uh, for a long time in America, the main two political parties have been uh, the main two, right? Democrat, Republican. Um, up uh, up to the Civil War or just before the Civil War, though, it wasn't quite like that. You had several changes in political parties. Some would rise, some would fall. Um, and the, the Republican Party was uh, originated as the party against slavery. That's mm-hmm. why it was formed. That's right. And um, the Democratic Party was the party, it was dominated mostly in the South and was uh, the party of slavery and mm-hmm. the Ku Klux Klan. In fact, for a long time, uh, to be uh, in the Ku Klux Klan and to be a leader in the Democratic Party were one and the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, but parties have a way, like, I, I really agree with what you're saying. You know, they may get, 
they may get whipped and beat, you know, though, and they may fall out of power for a while, or they may even change their name, right, and become some other group. But the 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 lies of the devil are working in the hearts of men. Are you know we're never going to purge that completely, mm-hmm. and so it'll just remanifest in some other way. And that's why we got to remember what it says in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? That's right. But against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. It's hard to do that though. How do you keep yourself? Um, it, you're engaged in a in a in a battle just like we are here at Truth and Liberty, with uh, people, it seems like our enemies are people, right? Mm. But the scripture says, really, they're not your enemy. The devil's your enemy. How do you keep yourself in a walking in love and remembering who your real enemy is? Well, you know, it's like you said, just having an understanding that the battle, the battle is with the powers of darkness mm-hmm. and they're operating through people. And I, I love people. I love all people. Uh, I don't always like all people, but I love all people. Right. But here's my attitude and, and the way I even pray is, God, if these people, if these wicked, if these people that are letting wickedness reign in them, if they will be saved, may they be saved. But if they won't, get them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I want everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to be saved. He's, he's not willing that any should perish. Right. But there is some that are operating with the powers of darkness. And it's in direct opposition to yeah. what we, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, is it, is our mission here in the earth. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we're to, we're to love the people, but at the same time, we are to resist the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we've fallen short mm-hmm. as the body of Christ is we haven't really resisted. And the scriptures say to love God is to hate evil. Mm. And so, yes, we need to love the person. But the wicked behaviors, the wicked agenda, we must hate, we must resist, and we must come against. Mm, amen, amen. Well, uh, all right, we've got another caller here. I'd like to go to Drew uh, from our home state of Colorado. Drew, what's your question hey. today? Hey, Lance Richard, thanks for having me. I wanted to get back to your um, discussion of how to approach a woke pastor. Um, it's kind of related to that. I know, Lance, that you said that... Um, Kind of move on. Don't spend too much time on somebody who isn't really receptive to you, which kind of makes sense. But if you're, you know, if you're in a community and you're you're in a church, um, when is it appropriate to, you know, really apply some pressure or encourage the church leadership one way or another? I mean, really, in a lot of ways, they're operating out of fear that if they act and they engage in public policy or politics or things like that. It's going to divide their church, and they're they're going to be hurt financially. All these sorts of things. So I feel like I feel like there should be a point where it's appropriate to apply some pressure from the other side to at least you know get us in the game here. And one other quick thing, I just love what TPUSA is doing, and I love when you talk about engaging in public policy as a growth strategy for churches. And I'm just curious: is there is there um, an idea floating about having in like a public policy pastor for a church, obviously it would have to be probably bigger churches that somehow deep dive into all the local public policy initiatives. They're on top of candidates, on top of elected officials. You know, they, they build coalitions and things like that as part of a growth strategy for a church. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. So he had a couple questions. It was yeah. um, at what point to talk to the pastor essentially. Yeah. 
And what was the second part? Yeah, it was, uh, have you ever heard of having a public policy pastor? Yeah, well, to answer the second question first, I think that would be great if a church is willing to, to have some kind of pastor that really focuses on that area. That would certainly be great. But with with engaging a pastor, it really comes down to relationship. Do you have relationship with that pastor? If you have that kind of relationship, yeah, I would say maybe uh, politely bring it up and, and talk to them about it. But if you have no relationship with the pastor, uh, it's even if you did bring it up, they're most likely not going to receive it because they don't know you. They don't have any relationship. So I would say if that's what you want to do, build relationship first, but don't just build it only for that reason. I mean, God's called us to build relationship, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not also we're not we're not to go in churches and just blow up their their whole theology when when we don't. That's just not our place. Like I, I preach in different churches that are different denominations and and I'm aware of what they believe and what they don't believe. And I don't go in there and intentionally preach on something when they've honored me by giving me the pulpit. I don't go in there and intentionally come against what they believe. Now I, I do speak the truth in love, uh, but it's just being aware. So I would I would say it comes down to relationship. Yeah, great answer. Um, you know, and it just it depends on the on that relationship, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And um, you know, one thing you might consider is is giving your pastor some resources. Um, now, a lot of pastors are so busy that they barely have time to prepare their sermon, much less start reading other material. But you might check out um, the Truth and Liberty website, uh, truthandliberty.net, and our resources center there, as we have hundreds of links uh, for information that might help your pastor uh, or your church leadership to begin to see things from a different perspective. And one of the things that I, I highly, highly recommend is Andrew Womack's Biblical Worldview series. We're now in the fifth installment of that, and it covers racism, sexuality. Uh, it, it covers uh, foundational issues. It covers socialism. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't recall what the fifth uh, installment is, but this is a, a powerful thing where we, uh, Alex McFarland, who's uh, one of our hosts here, uh, has led that project, and he's brought in experts in their fields, and they all are teaching in these videos. So these are highly respected, highly knowledgeable people, uh, but it's broken down into you know uh, a simple study plan and stuff like that, and it can be a source for sermons. One of the things that I've seen is some don't preach on this stuff, Lance, because they they don't feel like they're qualified. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't feel like they know, and they can't just leave their church and come go through practical government school. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's another thing. You know, just we, to... well, we actually have something to help with that. Okay. So we have what we call our pastor portal. Ah. And it is a a whole. I mean, it's just a lot of resources. If pastors are having trouble speaking out mm-hmm. on culture issues. They can go register their ch- this church, their church at this portal, and get access to all this material, and it will help these pastors speak out on these different culture issues. Excellent. Well, thanks for mentioning that. All right. Well, let's go to our next caller, Jennifer from New Jersey. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Richard. Long time no talk. How are you? <laughs> I'm blessed. How are you? Um, I'm grateful. Thank you. Um, my question is, if either of you have heard of Mike Lindell this week on the 16th and 17th, he's having some event to save the country, um, election integrity, two years of proof of election fraud. Um, it's going to be spoken in 85 languages. It's free to anybody who will sign up. I don't know if either of you have heard about it and your thoughts about it, if you have. Well, Lance, have you heard about that? I have heard about it, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, I think I have to say the same thing, Jennifer, uh, unfortunately, uh, but um, I'll try to check that out. I appreciate you bringing it to our attention. And, um, 
Yeah, Mike has been deep into um, uh, looking at the evidence of, um, you know, election integrity. And, uh, you know, that does remind me of something, though. Um, you know, Donald Trump was indicted a few days back uh, in the latest round. Um, and this one has to do with the January 6th events. And, um, you know, the yeah, I looked over the um, I didn't look through the whole thing because it's 85 pages, but I got through about the first 20 of his indictment, uh, skimming it. And it looks like their their main allegations are that Donald Trump uh, stirred up the the what they call the violent attack, you know, and so on and so forth. And we can get into all that, whether it was or was not, but that he did he did it uh, by lying, right? That he he claimed the election was stolen in various ways, shapes, and forms, you know, saying this happened, that happened, this happened, and that all those things were false, and he knew it. Um, and I think you know it's going to be real interesting to see what his defense does in this case, because it's a it's a golden opportunity to put on trial the election. That's good. Was it yeah. stolen or wasn't it? <laughs> right? Was it legit or not? So I think that it's going to be real interesting to see if his lawyers have the have the courage to do that. They may choose a different strategy, but the judge would be hard pressed to refuse evidence along those lines since one of the key elements of the prosecution's case is that what he said was false, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, and that he was promoting a conspiracy knowingly or a false conspiracy. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, he he used the words, you know, protest peacefully. He did. And they certainly did, and, and they're calling it an insurrection. But yet just... Uh, not long before that, you literally had cities burning down, mm. and there was one where there's a news reporter with buildings burning in the background saying, oh, this protest is, is mostly peaceful. <laughs> but see, they accuse they accuse Donald Trump of what they're doing. Yes. They, they were always saying, you know, Russia, Ukraine, all this, and now it's coming out that Joe Biden and his son have had dealings. Yeah. Uh, with these countries. Well, yeah, yeah. understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a tactic of tyrants. You accuse the other one, your political leader, you accuse them of what you're doing. That's right. And it puts all the attention on them. Yeah, I think but, Bill Federer calls it projection. Yes, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because we talked about do we have hope for America? One of the reasons I really do have hope, uh, speaking from a natural perspective, is because every time Trump gets indicted it's like his polls go way up yeah and so it's good to see how the people are responding mm. and and it's the same with these woke companies like coca-cola bud light uh some of the others where they're they're coming out and and pushing this wicked agenda mm. and the people are responding mm -hmm. and these woke companies are losing a lot of money yeah that, that's true you know everybody from hallmark to disney to Target, uh, Target, yeah. and and so on. So uh, money talks, and mm -hmm. uh, so you know we need to. Uh, we as Americans need to put our money where our mouths are, put our money where our convictions are, and cause our buying and our, our spending, you know, to line up with our values. That's right. And there's platforms out there now, like Public Square, and some others, where they're they're doing something about it. Yeah. And you can actually go in there and spend your money with. Christian and conservative companies. Yeah, I think we've got some links on our website too. Uh, Billy Epperhart has uh, started a program for values-based investing, and we've had some oh, cool. shows on 
uh, about that as well. But this whole election integrity thing, uh, it seemed to have simmered down quite a bit, but it also right now seems to be picking up speed again. Well, we can't forget what's went on in the last few years because yeah. I feel like people just they get busy and they forget. But we need to remember uh, the election, how they they paused the election mm-hmm. and all these bo- the, all these votes came in mysteriously in the middle of the night when when Trump mm-hmm. was up big. He was yeah. up 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. And all of a sudden you wake up and, and Biden's barely got the weed in the uh, lead in these uh, swing states. And so, and also Afghanistan, we need to remember what happened in Afghanistan. Well, all these things, we need to remember what happened. And then we need to take action, especially at the the ballot box. Yeah, because the only way to get to the bottom of this is to get get control of government again. So it's a little bit of a catch-22, isn't it? I mean, if they're stealing the election, then how do you get your guy back in power? Exactly, yeah. I think it's by overwhelming the numbers. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so I do remain hopeful, and uh, we'll see what happens with Donald Trump. I I can't say thus saith the Lord on the outcome of that situation, but I uh, the news reports right now are that the Democrats are scrambling. Uh, that are they're very nervous about Biden's reelection chances. Uh, we don't know if that's all just for our benefit or if they really are concerned. But he's he absolutely has abysmal approval ratings, and so uh, so there is hope now. You know. One thing, too, though, with just a minute left, Lance, is how important is it to get involved locally? We talk about the presidential election, but, you know, um, uh, how important is it to get involved locally? Can you comment on that? Yes, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because that's where we have the most power is at the local level. Sometimes we look at the national things going on and we feel paralyzed because we we really can't uh, do much about it, we feel like. But on a local level, there are so few people that vote in local level elections. Mm-hmm. I mean, David Barton gives a great example of the church in Houston, Texas, where mm-hmm. they, this is where they got the idea of, of uh, you can go in whatever bathroom you want. And there was one church that had 3000 members in that area. And that one church was more people than what voted in the election. Mm-hmm. So local level elections, local level government is where we can have the most impact. And that's where we need to engage first and engage the hardest. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, uh, you're watching Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. We've got another segment coming up here in a few seconds. If you have a question for Lance, uh, please call in. Our number is 719-619-2341. We're having a great discussion here and would love for you to join us. But we'll be back in about 90 seconds. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, All you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. This is a godly nation. It was founded upon godly principles and the body of Christ needs to stand up against the rewriting of history. And in order for us to do that, we're gonna have to learn true history. God is calling us to rebuild his house so that he can manifest his glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world. I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. We chose God and we chose to live by the Bible and we've done things no other nation's ever done. 
when the God of the impossible lives in us, the entire political reality can shift where we walk. We're the ones that have the truth. We're the ones that stand up. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. Welcome back, everybody. This is Truth and Liberty Live Calling Show, and I'm here with uh, my friend and uh, partner in righteousness, Lance Williams. I don't want to say partner in crime. But, uh, it's so good to have you on the show, Lance. We're just having a great conversation here about the culture and about government, about the church, about getting pastors involved and everything else. And, uh, you know, um, this whole election integrity thing, you're right. It it hasn't gone away. It shouldn't go away. Every American, it seems to me, ought to ought to want to get to the bottom of this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if if anybody's really paying attention, it's it's obvious that 2020 was uh, was not the way that we have ran elections in the past. That's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah they changed all sorts of rules illegally, uh, illegally, and and so on and so forth. And you know the the left always says, yeah, but all those lawsuits they ended, and no one, you know, nothing happened, and the courts all found it. And you know that's a that's a good point. I don't know what happened in all those cases. I thought at one point maybe of digging them all up and going through them, but it was it was too much. I didn't have time for it. All I know is, you know, leading up to 2016, when Donald Trump got elected, every Democrat in the country was on film saying, we've got election integrity issues in this country. We need to fix them. These machines can be hacked. They've got Internet uh, capability in them. We've got uh, China wanting to interfere, Russia wanting to interfere. But boy, come 2020, that was a conspiracy theory. You get canceled because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and in fact, Donald Trump was canceled. Exactly, remember? yeah. He's taken off Twitter. And a lot of other conservatives. Well, they deplatformed yeah. Parler completely. Yeah. You know, yeah. and on and on. So and it's the same with the border wall. Years ago, they were all talking about, you know, we need a border wall like Hillary and some of those. But then now it's like, oh, no, that's that's racist you yeah. know, to have a border wall. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you know what the difference between conspiracy theory and fact is. What's that? About four months. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a caller on the line. I want to go to Donna from Texas. Uh, Donna, thank you for calling in today. What's your question, ma'am? Hi, Richard. Hi, Lance. Um, I was watching on YouTube, and the short a short came on with you and Andrew and Tim Barton. And he was talking about uh, critical race theory, kind of explaining. Mm -hmm. Tim was explaining what it actually meant and what they wanted to be taught in the schools. And it struck me kind of odd how the white American teachers could teach something like this that is saying that they were basically evil. All their ancestors were evil. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. What do you think about that? Well, they bought into this Marxist lie, and this is— what I was talking about earlier is race Marxism. That's what's being pushed now. They're teaching uh, teaching people, again, not just what to think, but how to think, to look for race and everything because they're teaching people that uh, the United States is systemically racist. And it's so crazy because the United States is the one that fought a war to end slavery. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's so many – if you just – Look at at actual history and read the founding documents. I mean, even in the Declaration of Independence in the rough draft, the largest grievance was just doing away with slavery. Mm -hmm. And they ended up tabling it because they had to to bring unity to to fight uh, the most powerful military force in the world. Uh, but it's crazy. So 
these people, they've bought into this Marxist law. And it's it's not just the teachers, it's pastors. It's, it's really, it's a virus. Mm. And that's what it's doing. They're infecting people with this virus. And then it's, it's just spreading like wildfire. And, but John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And we got to get the truth to these people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the, the teachers are teaching what they've been taught, aren't mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. I yeah. mean, they are, the, they've been indoctrinated into this stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, we didn't get here overnight either. Right. I that's mean, right. the purging of American history, the, the coming against our our true Christian heritage and everything else, uh, the things that make America great and the the accomplishments of this nation. You know, it's not just that the school kids today aren't be, being taught that; it's that the teachers weren't taught it. Yeah, right. When they went to to college and to education uh, schools. Yeah, and this Marxist infiltration. You know, people think, well, it's just happening all of a sudden, but you can trace this back to the 1920s, 1930s. Mm. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. But again, the left has been playing the long game. And yeah, it's 100 years later. And now uh, it's coming. It's coming to fruition. And so this is we're not going to change it overnight. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to play the long game. But I believe with God's help that we can turn this thing around. And certainly we, we got to take back these institutions or build our own or something because see race Marxism, that's what it does. It gets power in these institutions and then they start pushing their agenda. And, you know, the thing is, is people say, you know, well, Christians don't need to be involved in all these things. And that's, that's man, that is a lie of the enemy because one Christians aren't involved, then we're not giving Jesus a place in those institutions. And so we're giving up control to the powers of darkness Mm -hmm. and now the powers of darkness through these institutions is pushing its agenda. And so we got to take it back. You know, that kind of takes us all the way back to the beginning of the show to me, because um, a lot of times we think, Oh, I'm going to preach the gospel. Right. And I, I love preaching the gospel. Uh, I know you do too, but I think uh, what we don't realize is that if we, if all we do is give the Romans road and a salvation message from the pulpit, uh, some people are going to get born again if they haven't been possibly, you know. Um, but meanwhile, when you when you say church dismissed, all of your congregants are going out into the world where they're being bombarded with messages 24-7 that contradict the word of God, you know. And we send our kids to public schools where they're, you know, 40 hours a week listening to uh, education and indoctrination that that contradicts the Bible, and you know, so if if we think we can do this just by preaching salvation from the pulpit on Sunday morning, I think we're sadly mistaken. Well, and according to George Barna, the one, number one reason people leave church is because they say it's not relevant. Mm. And see, it's because these pastors are preaching fifty-two weeks of salvation, and it's not actually teaching discipleship. Mm-hmm. And Jesus called us to make disciples. Yeah. And he, he said, continue in the word mm-hmm. and you will be my disciples. And, and John chapter mm-hmm. eight, it talks about that you shall follow me and you won't walk in darkness. But following someone is not just walking with an hour a day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It, it's a constant follow. And mm-hmm. so we must make disciples. And see, that's what that's what the education system is doing right now. They're making disciples, but not of Jesus mm. and of this, this Marxist agenda. That's right. And so That's we right. got to get back to making disciples and really teaching people the entirety of God's word because Jesus is the word that became flesh. Yeah. 
He's not just the New Testament that became flesh or the book of John that became flesh. He is the entirety of the word. Mm. And so we must preach the entirety of the word. And all throughout the Old Testament, even even some in the New Testament, you find where people stood up to tyranny. Amen. And, and they got engaged on the culture issues of the day. And that's certainly what we need to be doing. Yeah, no question. You know, when you uh, when you look at history and you see tyrants, right? It can be mm-hmm. communism, it can be Nero, it can be Hitler, it can be uh, all kinds of people, kings in Europe. You know, yeah. Back during the Reformation, they always persecute Christians. Mm-hmm. Freedom loving governments don't persecute Christians. Why that's do right. tyrants persecute Christians? Have you ever thought about that one? That's a good question. Don't you think the gospel is, the king knows it's a threat to his power. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he may not be able to explain it, but he knows those Christians are troublemakers. Yeah. Well, they're doing that in China right now. I mean, they're, I I believe the the Chinese Communist Party is afraid of the Christians because there's more Christians than there is of them. Mm. And it's certainly a threat, but also it's spiritual because even here in the United States, it's okay. It's not okay to talk bad about any other religion or anything like that. But Christians, yeah, you can persecute them. Yeah. But if you say something about a Muslim mm-hmm. or, or something like that, then it's, uh, you know, they call you all kinds of names. Yeah. So it is, it's a spiritual thing and it's really obvious. It's just like little, little Israel over there. It's like everything around Israel hates Israel. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the same here. Yeah. It's like everything around Christians hate Christians. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's the same thing. Well, so um I, I want to go back to this whole critical race mark. You're calling it race Marxism, mm-hmm. which I love that you're saying that, Lance, because um so Marxism, classic Marxism was an economic theory, mm-hmm. right? And it said you've got these different classes in society, you've got basically those who own the property and those who work for a living, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it pits one group against another, right? One group envies the other and and is stirred up to hate one another, and and they're supposed to take over by force. And and really, there's no ethics in it, right? There's no morality in it. So it ends justify the means, and they end up killing and murdering. That's why in the 20th century, um, I think 80 million people died wow. uh, at the hands of communist governments. And and yet um, in America we're we're seeing the same tactics used. They don't necessarily use the same economic groups, but they're using blacks and whites and gays and straight and Christians versus everybody else. And it's the same objective, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, because in classic Marxism, one of the main things is you got to abolish private property. Mm-hmm. Well, in this new race Marxism, white people are the property. So they must abolish whiteness. Mm. And so they are on an all-out attack on white people. And even if you're not white, they are calling, they are calling even people of different ethnicities white supremacists yeah. if they agree with the with the with the Western values, even with you know Christian values. And so this is a tactic to bring down the West. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's by design. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's funny, right? They they actually I'm trying to remember who I saw this applied to recently, but they they will actually call a black person a white supremacist. Yeah. And it makes you go head tilt and say, "What? Yeah. How is that possible?" I think Ben uh, Ben Carson was on our show a few weeks ago and he was saying this, you know, that he'd been called a white supremacist yeah. and um and that's because without telling you, they've changed the definition of racism. Mm-hmm. Right? So racism now doesn't mean 
you think white people are superior or your race is superior. Racism means you buy into Western civilization values and culture, mm. right? Freedom, uh, private property, uh, and all of these things. Um, and you, and you're not a you're not a leftist, so therefore you're a white supremacist. Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. crazy? Yeah, it is. And so for those of us who buy into the Bible and have a biblical worldview, it don't matter what color you are, they're going to label you as as racist for having a biblical worldview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this is an awesome conversation. Hey guys, let me just take a minute <clears throat> to remind you, uh, we've got about uh, 18 minutes left in the show. And if you've got a question, now's the time to call in. 719-619-2341 uh, here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. Our guest today is Lance Williams, who is the regional uh, representative of TPUSA Faith, an organization founded by Charlie Kirk, and uh, they're doing just a lot of good. And I also uh, wanted to remind everybody, if you haven't registered yet, for the Truth and Liberty Conference, I encourage you to do that. Um, the uh, You can go to our website at truthandliberty.net and find all the information about the conference. It is going to be an awesome event. David Barton is going to be ministering along with Andrew Womack. Uh, our good friend, Lucas Miles, Alex McFarland, uh, uh, Chad Connolly, if you, you might remember Chad, he's been on our show a few times. He is an exciting guy to listen to and what a positive individual. He's so involved in conservative politics. You will love hearing him. Mohammed Faridi and Janet Porter. And uh, plus we're going to have three different workshops all designed to help you get involved at the local level and make a difference. And then of course, we're going to have our, our uh, banquet hall here at Karis Bible College full of exhibitors. These are organizations like TPUSA like Truth and Liberty and other what we consider like-minded strategic partner organizations, and you can learn what they're doing and you can get involved. We make it so you have no more excuse, right? You're going to have more than enough than you need to make a difference in this world, so don't miss out. It's going to be September 7th through the 9th here uh, on the beautiful campus of Karis Bible College. It's going to be a great event. Hey, we've got a couple callers here. I want to go uh, first to uh, Kitten. Uh, she's right here in Woodland Park, a Karis Bible College, another Karis graduate. And uh, Kitten, uh, how are you today? I'm doing well, Richard. Thank you. You bet. Nice to hear from you. What's your question? So my question is, what do you say to a pastor or maybe someone that has um, a prominent um, position in the community that will not put um, a conservative candidate's yard sign in front of their house. You want to take that one? Well, hello, Kitten. I was also in government school with Kitten. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, so, Lance, you lined all these callers up ahead of time, didn't you? No, I'm kidding. It <laughs> <laughs> may seem like it. Uh, no, uh, no thanks did. for your question, Kitten. Uh, it would be similar to what I mentioned to FinCheck about uh, woke pastors. I just, I personally just don't waste my time with them. Uh, I mean, if, if somebody's on the fence, I may talk with them and try to reason with them. But if somebody is just totally against uh, things such as you're saying, putting a political yard sign or, or if it's a woke pastor or something like that, then uh, I just don't waste my time with them. And I just look for the ones who are willing to get involved and uh, willing to, to unify and help make an impact together. That's yeah. Yeah. What do yeah. you think, Richard? Well, you know, uh, hard to say, except on an individual basis. Um, yeah. The pastor may feel that putting a political yard sign in his yard, you know, may tag him and it may make him less effective as a pastor. 
But, you know, I think that's outdated thinking. I think what people are looking for today is uh, conviction, character, leadership, integrity. People yeah. need leaders. And pastors, you need to stand up. Don't be afraid to take a position because when you do, you may get tagged, but that's an opportunity for you to speak truth. And uh, we need to get, we need to be bold. We need to be courageous and stop uh, operating under the this delusion that we're going to win the world by being silent. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I, I don't want to say this too. I, you know, I'm not, I don't condemn pastors who don't want to get involved or anything like that. I don't bring shame and oh, condemnation no. on them. Uh, at the same time though, when I'm, when I'm on a mission, I just don't waste my time yeah. there. But as a person, if, if any pastor or anything wanted to reach out, I would certainly make time and talk with them about any issues. And there's some great pastors out there who just, they don't want to get involved. Yeah. I, I totally disagree with it. But again, I, I don't, I just, you know, leave them in the Lord's hands. Amen. Yeah. Kitty, thanks for calling in. Let's go next to Tim from Wisconsin. Tim, you're on the line. Hi, Richard and uh, um, Lance, how are you doing today? Doing Good. great, thank, thank you. you. Good. Okay, so my question is kind of in reference to something you said a couple of weeks ago, Richard, when you were on and you mentioned the rapture. And mm -hmm. first of all, I want to say that I really do agree with what you said um, about the pre-tribulation rapture versus the rapture that's more right at the coming of Christ. But my concern is that I think a lot of Christians may, you know, think we're just going to get raptured away and we're not going to have to face all the darkness and, you know, maybe it makes people more passive and not feel not really feeling feeling the need to get involved and make a difference. And um, yeah. so I'm just curious your thoughts on that. If you think that has any relevance to, you know, why so many Christians just don't even get up and vote and get involved in anything because they think, you know, whatever will be, will be, you know, the sovereignty of God, yeah. like Andrew teaches, you know, and right. And, and also I, I, I'm, you mentioned in that, thing you said a couple of weeks ago that you have some more teaching on your position on the rapture and i would like to know where i could get a hold of that so anyway sure I'll thing, that sure thing tim thank you so much um lance you want to comment on this or you want me to dive in there sure the bible tells us occupy until he comes mm -hmm. and that's just a you know i don't really get into the rapture and all that i just know we're supposed to occupy and i think uh you know i I think John Quincy Adams said it best. Mm. He said, duty is ours and results are God's. Amen. And that's just the attitude I have uh, about these issues. I'm going to fight. And if we go down, we go down swinging, but I'm going to fight until the Lord comes. Amen. Yeah. And and I totally, that's awesome. That's awesome. I wish everybody had that mindset. <laughs> uh, I think, Tim, uh, I think you're right that the, the pre-trib rapture teaching does create uh, over time and across the church, uh, does create a little bit of a passive attitude um, because it, it people may not realize it, but they sort of can develop, not everybody, not everybody by any means. There's a lot of people that believe in pre-trib rapture. By the way, I, I have total respect for the view. You know, I know there's room for disagreement on this. I do feel strongly myself in post-trib, but I, it's not something that ought to divide the church ever. Uh, but I'll tell you this, that I think it does create a little bit of a, a passive attitude because the idea is, oh, well, we're out of here. We don't have to worry about it. And when you take the rapture and you combine it with um, what's called um, a teaching called pietism that comes out of the 1700s in Europe in the Moravian revival, 
which says really God doesn't want us involved in the world. The kingdom of God is within us, and therefore all he cares about is our one-on-one -on -one personal relationship and personal holiness. Uh, and, and you getting people saved. So put those things together, right? All right. So how many, how many of you have heard before? Oh, I'm, I'm just taking as many people as I can with me, right? I'm, we're going in the rapture. You sort of see the mindset is a little bit different there than going into the world and making disciples of nations, right? We're just going to get people born again. And then, and that's all that matters because God only cares about souls. Uh, I care about souls, and God does, of course. Ugh, uh, Jesus came uh, to save souls, to save the lost. But he also came to redeem the world, right? And his kingdom will be on this earth. And he's calling every one of us to glorify him while we're here uh, in every aspect of our lives. So I think the rapture, uh, the pre-trib rapture, and you have to distinguish that from post-trib, the pre-trib rapture contributes to that kind of problem that we've been talking about all day today in this whole program about people not standing up and speaking the truth uh, because they think all they need to do is preach an evangelistic message from the pulpit. Mm -hmm. That's my That's take. Good. That's good. But anyway, uh, let's go to our next caller. Thank you, Tim, for calling. Let's go to Samantha from Colorado. Hi, Samantha. Hi there, gentlemen. Good afternoon. So here's my question. And I'm going to explain it, and then I'll specifically target the question. I couldn't agree more that you gentlemen have talked that the Word is God, God is the Word, and that God is not a man, that he should not lie, and the truth sets us free. Traditional marital vows state that if anyone knows a reason, two people should marry, to speak now or forever keep your peace. Will you two please talk to the term tacit admission and how scripture talks against such an approach, I'm in firm belief that what we concede to is what we, in effect, leave our children, our grandchildren, and generations to come. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Lance, what do you think? Well, certainly in Numbers chapter 30, it talks about that, you know, that's where we get, you know, at, at weddings, if, you know, if you don't speak now, forever hold your peace. And so uh, it's important for us to speak up and and, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Amen. And so I don't I don't know a whole lot about the term uh, tacit admission, but I would say it's our duty. As I mentioned earlier, John, uh, John Quincy Adams says duty is ours and results are God. We, we need to we need to do our duty and trust God with the results. But yeah. what do you think? Well, I think that's a great answer. Awesome. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, silence in the face of evil is mm -hmm. evil itself. Um, there is no middle ground. You right. know, Jesus said, if you're if you're not for me, you're against me. And, uh, you know, there's there's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And this being silent is not a it's not a biblical approach. Uh, to evangelism or discipleship. Jesus didn't remain silent. He mm -hmm. spoke up when it probably, you know, in, in his, uh, if you th were thinking carnally, uh, many times he spoke up when it would have been a lot safer for him to say nothing. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't shy away. He spoke what God told him to speak. And sometimes he was silent, but I'm telling you that, um, yeah, this is a big problem. Now, tacit admission is uh, kind of the idea that when you're confronted uh, with something which you know is false, uh, this is a legal term, really, and you don't you don't contradict it, then you are in essence admitting that it is true, um, and it depends on the circumstances how the law uses that phrase. But culturally, spiritually, you know, Bill Fetter preached an amazing message 
at Summer Family Bible Conference, and he talked a lot about this very subject that, you know, if uh, if they're killing babies through abortion in our neighborhood or in our city, and we don't speak out actively, speak up against it, then we are agreeing to it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so many other examples. If they're indoctrinating our kids, telling them that you can be born in the wrong body and you can uh, get your body mutilated and you'll become a different sex and we don't stand up against that, then are we admitting it? Are mm-hmm. we allowing it? You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Samantha, I hope that helps your question. Did you have something else on that one? Well, just uh, before time runs out, I do want to say just a couple things about Turning Point USA. Oh, please, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. well, a couple things I forgot to mention earlier. We're also working, we're partnering with John Amachuku to actually make an impact on the school boards. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. been following him, but he's been blowing up some of these school boards and really just exposing some great things. He's a pastor out on the East Coast, but we're partnering with him and we're we're making a difference in the school boards. And uh, we... Also with uh, now this is this is me speaking, but uh, with with Turning Point Action, you know that's a five hundred one c four. It's separate from Turning Point USA, uh, but they're really doing some things to really help uh, raise the vote turnout in these swing states. And so I would encourage you to check them out. And one other thing, we're also doing this Kingdom to the Capital tour, and we're going to every capital in in every state. Within two years, we've already started. We've already hit a lot of them. We're doing Denver next year. And uh, so I encourage you to go on the website, tpusafaith.com, and check out all the things we're going, all the things we're doing. We would love for you to be involved with our Kingdom to the Capital and a lot of other things we got going on. Man, that's awesome. Uh, uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And on the Kingdom of the Capital, we partner with Sean Foyt on that. Oh, okay. okay. And, Worship and everything. That's Yeah. That's and we're cool. actually having service on the Capitol steps at every Praise Capitol. Praise God. Yeah. All right. Well, let, uh, we've got one more caller on the line. Uh, Aaron from Colorado. You're on. Hi, Richard. Hi, Lance. Good show. Hey, Aaron. Uh, I wanted to follow up with uh, what you meant about Occupy. Because um, I think you're right on the money, but from a military standard uh, or position, people should look at the Bible because we're in a war and we're to put on the full armor of God. But when we occupy in the military, we hold the ground, we control the laws, we control what's going on in that area. So when the church is to occupy, shouldn't we be doing the same thing, being involved in every aspect of uh, society? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, the word that was translated church in the in the New Testament is the term ecclesia, and that is being the body of Christ in every sphere of influence. And, and you know, you mentioned the word occupy, it's doing his work. And he said, you know, work while it's day is what Jesus told us to do. And that's what the ecclesia is. It, and it's it also means the body of believers coming together in a city, making decisions for the city. And I know that you're very involved, Aaron, so really appreciate what you're doing. But uh, that's my take on it, the ecclesia. Mm, That's really good. Well, it certainly doesn't mean uh, sit back and and stay inside the four walls of your church building, does it? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That does it. Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, you know, we have to, you didn't used to have to clarify this, but, you know, when we say occupy, when Jesus said occupy, and when he when he calls us the ecclesia, he he's not he's not saying that Christians force their views on anyone. Um, but you know, here in America, we are a nation of the people, by the people, for the people, and Christians are equally entitled and obligated uh, 
to get involved, to influence government for good, to influence government toward truth, uh, and and so that the kingdom of God will spread through. Just like we're in, we're in, we're entitled and obligated to go into business and mm-hmm. talk about honesty and integrity in business and sound business practices and any other issue that might relate, and you know, share the lie of the gospel. And so, this whole thing of carving the government out—that's not biblical, right? Right, and you know, it's it's just also having a balance because the Bible also says that. Uh, you know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and the violent take it by force. So I totally agree. We don't need to push our views. But at the same time, I think Dinesh D'Souza at y'all's, uh, y'all's gala, yeah. Truth and Liberty Gala, y'all to go back and watch that speech. But that speech changed something in me mm. because he talked about we have to start putting pressure on them. Yeah. And he gave the example of how uh, he did that. Was it Costco that pulled his it book off the, yes. off the shelf? Yes. And how there was a group that organized and essentially brought Costco to its knees. And so we have to start putting pressure on them. We, we can't just be the nice guy anymore. I mean, yes, we loving somebody is sometimes being blunt and telling them the truth and also acting. We got to start acting in accordance with our faith. We got to start acting. I would say in a, in a loving, in a loving way, but with aggression also. Mm-hmm. And we start got to start getting involved because in times of war, the Bible talks about there's a time for peace. There's a time for war, folks. We are in a war right now. And somebody in war is not just, you know, sitting around and, and having a good time. No, Paul said, don't entangle yourselves in the affairs of this life. So we must be focused and we must get engaged and we must start putting pressure on them. Yeah. On the other opposition. So uh, aggressive strategies and tactics in the political realm and other things, but not physical violence. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah, we're you. not we're not talking about going and shooting people up. And yes. Thank you for the clarity. People up. <laughs> I mean, you know, in today's news, uh, yeah, you never you know. Clarify. So. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate your question. And today, uh, today's show has been really great. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, thank you to all of you for watching today and for all of our callers today. Uh, what an amazing program. This will be archived along with all of our shows on truthandliberty.net, where you can go and, and catch uh, past livecasts, past broadcasts. And uh, again, wanted to remind you guys about the Truth and Liberty Conference coming up September 7th through the 9th. Be sure to register. We look forward to having you here. And I I also want to thank CTN for carrying our broadcast once a week. Uh, They're a great partner of ours and a fantastic network, and so we thank them for that. God bless all of you. Thank you for watching. Uh, We'll see you again next time. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.